The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. What's going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 281, I believe. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023, the last day of February. We are live, as always, on YouTube. If you guys are out there live, go ahead and say something in the chat. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you want to text into the show, utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. And go check out AegisGunCare.com. If you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that that hole, you're in the darkness and and you're looking for that light, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could probably be a decent ear to to walk you through and talk you through some stuff and and maybe at least be a decent person to, like, share stuff with if you are looking for someone that can get you some medical attention remember two things one you are not alone in this fight you have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible and two the world is a much better place with you in it so please utilize the veteran crisis hotline 1-800-273-8255 once again 1-800-273-8255 veterans press the number one for the Veteran Crisis Hotline. As always, we're spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title of Marine, see the website, marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.net. So I'm going to get this off of my ugly mug and bring in our special guest tonight. We we met Josh. We met the guys um, during SHOT Show this year. I was having a meeting with Casey, and he says, i got someone you've really got to meet. You guys will get along. Uh, he's got some awesome stuff. So, we, I don't know, we talked for like an hour or so. I don't even really remember how long it was. It was a long time uh, at SHOT and talked with Josh and, and really loved some of their stuff. So, I was like, hey, we got to get you on the podcast for sure and talk about the stuff. Uh, we got the guys from Core Lead Ops. What's going on, guys? What's going on? Hey, how you doing? What's up, Trey? How we doing? Oh, man, you know, we're just, we're, we're getting through. We're getting through. Um, it is, it's February, so it's like past SHOT Show. We're a month and a half away from NRAM, so it's kind of like that weird period. Um, but I know you guys have been busy because I'm, I'm assuming SHOT Show was really good for you guys, was it not? Yes, yeah, it was. It was insanely busy, so it yeah. was a great time to be there. Yeah, so we've got a, a good crowd out there that's going to be kind of checking in. So, guys, if you're out there, uh, eventually, we'll probably have Clover join, and he likes to run the back, be kind of producer engineer during the podcast uh, when we have guests in. So, if you have any questions for myself or for the guys at Coralie, make sure that you tag myself or Clover or someone, and we'll make sure that if the question is relevant to the conversation, we'll definitely get in there. Uh, before we get going, guys, on every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, you guys know that um, we do our ghost tactical polls. Uh, we have some fun with the polls on our community tab. And so, guys, uh, if you give us a few minutes, we go through these polls, and we're going to ask you guys these questions as well. 
Uh, the first poll question came out yesterday, and it's got 1.3 thousand votes. Of these, are you ready? Now, you both can answer this, and you don't have to answer the same way. Of these, what's your favorite candy bar? Baby Ruth, Nestle Crunch, Snickers, or Butterfinger? What are the first two again? <laughs> uh, baby, baby Ruth, Nestle Crunch, Snickers, or Butterfinger? I'm a Snickers guy. Are you? Okay. We right. haven't had one in five years, but uh, right. out of those choices, I'd, that's the one I'd take. Yeah. Reese's. <laughs> so I didn't put Reese's on there because <laughs> I, I, I thought that's going to be a runaway because there are two things. I'm not a chocolate guy. Um, but there are two that I could eat forever, and that's Reese's and Kit Kats. Yep. If I put either one of those two, it's game over. So I, I put two out there that um, I took those two out because I'm I'm partial. But okay, same. Yeah, I get it. uh, then it'd be Snickers as a close third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just I'm not a big chocolate bar guy. Um, I like like chocolate cake and chocolate brownies and stuff. Candy bars, I had to really be in the mood. But you give me some Reese's or a Kit Kat. Um, I'm going to demolish those. Yeah, uh, one like like a pound or like it's in the big the big daddy one. Yeah, just wait. Yeah, do you guys like Reese's pieces? Or, I mean, are you a fan of Reese's in any configuration or just the cups? Any any form, any shape or form, I'll put it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Reese's pretty good, and Kit Kat. I mean. Um, I can go into a diabetic craze with Kit Kat, so I, I try to stay away from those. So, um, one point three thousand votes, fifty percent say Snickers, fifty percent. Wow, twenty one percent say Butterfinger, nineteen percent say Nestle Crunch, and ten percent say Baby Ruth. Um, Baby Ruth did not get much love. I guess it got like one hundred and thirty votes, but uh, yeah, I guess. I remember growing up, Baby Ruth's a big deal, but uh, I guess it's not much anymore. So I mean, I prefer Baby Ruth over Butterfingers because it just makes me suck on my molars. Because every time I eat like a Butterfinger, it gets like yeah. up there. I spend the next. I love Baby. Uh, yeah, I love Butterfingers, but yeah, but they're a pain in the ass. I mean, it's shitty to eat them because I mean, it's like it's it's a job to eat a Butterfinger, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least we got that situated. That's I I feel like I've uh, I've. Uh, had a good day just because of that conversation. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, this is going to be about an hour, hour and a half of life that you're never going to get back. I promise you. Look, I don't promise anybody on this podcast that it's going to be in any way good. We're not promising to make anyone smarter. We're honestly just trying not to hope to make anybody dumber. Let's just be honest about this. So uh, you're never going to get this time back. You're never getting your money back, guys. If you're listening out there and you don't like it, turn it off now. Because you're never getting your money back. So, no, uh, we, we have a good time. The second poll question got over a thousand votes. Se I'm, a, I'm, I'm a car guy. Um, 70 classic kind of sports cars, right? So, of these four, which one would you choose? Of these four, a Datsun Z car with a 240, 260, or 280, uh, an MG Roadster, which is like the little convertible MG. A, uh, a Triumph TR6, which is pretty badass, or a Reliant. Um, Reliants aren't very well known, but uh, if you had to choose one of those, do you guys know any of those or care about any of those? The 280 was a straight six, right? 
Uh, they had a couple different configurations and motors, but yeah. They yeah. had a couple, yeah, the CX, the they had the turbo and all that. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a Datsun guy out of those four, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Just like timeless. They're incredible. My, my dad growing up had a 244. I was born, then he had a 216, then a 280. So I kind of grew up loving the Z car, man. They're just great. Yeah. They're beautiful. Like they're prettier now than they probably were back when they came out, you know? Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, the GTR skylines have always been one of my faves, which kind of, yeah, you know, grew from there. But anyway, yeah, that's that's what yeah. I would use for sure. For sure, yeah. Let's see here, uh, man. Oh, 280. Yeah. 280, yeah. yeah, yeah. The 280, yeah. Uh, like I said, the, the, the Z is just like I said for me, the Z's timeless. Like I tell you what, like you can find a 260Z right now in decent condition. You're gonna pay forty or fifty grand for it right yeah. now. It's yeah. nuts how many people like they're collectible now. Go figure, you know. Either new, what is it? The four, I guess they're calling it the 400. It's a brand yeah. new version that they that thing is that that's going to be next level, I think, based off. I think they're going to sell the shit out of those. I yeah. think people are like been waiting. I like the 300, the 350, the 370Z series. They're cool yeah. little cars. Mm -hmm. But going back retro, I think that this is going to change the game for Nissan. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, seventy-four percent of the people of, of the thousand people that voted agree with this as well. The Z car. Um, then you had thirteen percent was a Triumph TR6, and eleven percent was the MG Roadster, and a two percent was the Reliant. Probably because no one's ever heard of the Reliant. It was a British car um, that there weren't a whole lot brought over to the states. They they weren't real popular. Pretty cool. They're more of a coupe style. Mm -hmm. um but they're pretty cool but yeah they're just not very popular over here are they actually they, made in are they actually a uk vehicle or were they made in another country i thought that those those were french the reliant uh well i just know them as, as a uk vehicle i don't know if they were made there but i know that reliant was a british company yeah i think let me well, the french make a what did the french make i, I was what was their was that, Peugeot? that was a peugeot wasn't it peugeot? yeah yeah they have the yeah that that's definitely French. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. The Reliant could have been made elsewhere. I just. I've always known them as a as a British company. But that doesn't mean they were made there. I guess. Well, I mean, Land Rover for the last number of years were were, were being made in India. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this they went downhill. <laughs> yeah. I had I had a Land Rover back in 1996 or whatever it was. Those were the good ones, the Discoveries, man. Those were the Discoveries. Hell yeah! And I, I beat that thing to shit. We were out in Camp Pendleton. We found out pretty bad. It doesn't. It doesn't like salt water very much. <laughs> no. Anything oh, regarding oh electrical with Land Rovers, that's that's their downfall. But everything. Yeah, else that was. And, and, and when you happen to drive one into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> um, really didn't like that, yeah. so that won't help much. That's for sure. No. Uh, but we were stupid back in our day, so it is what it is. Uh, hey, I still have my we, I have an 04. He's got an 04. Yeah, I've had it since. Oh 04. yeah, yeah. I've had it since 05. So I have it. That, that, I love. I love that. You truck. still have it? Yeah, I'll be buried in that thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, nice. yeah. We ended up getting rid of ours in like 2002, 2003. Sold to some friends and all that, but. Um, we weren't driving it. I loved it, but my wife doesn't drive stick, and mine was a stick. Oh, and wow. so you had this family car that she couldn't drive. So it was mm -hmm. like, okay, let's go get something that you know. But I love that thing. I I, I love love them. Uh, I'm not I'm a big Range Rover fan. But I'm a big Land Rover fan. I don't know why. 
I just like the Land Rover design better than Range Rovers. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, last one, kind of going up kind of your guys' area. Um, let's uh, see. I'll go back here and say hello to everyone in the chat here in a second. But the last one's got 1.4 thousand votes. Favorite long-range caliber. Mm. 50 BMG, 338 Lapua, 300 Wind Mag, 308 or other because a lot of people are using some wildcats now so i'll start with you guys uh chris josh which one like if you had like the one unlimited you know supply of it for the rest of your life but you could only have one long range caliber what would you go with you go first bud i just say the 308 it's just the one i'm most familiar with the most consistent you know ammo is always easy to come by you know yep. struggle for that and for me, I'm not a I'm not a, a big distance shooter or marksman, so I just need like a a general purpose round. Yeah, that I can use it. You can hunt with it. Bit. You can yeah. hunt humans with it. Whatever you need it to do, you can do it. Whatever really you want well. humans with it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, well, I don't I don't hunt animals, so um, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, when people go hunting with guns for animals, it's called killing. <laughs> This is true. It's not much competition there. They're not shooting back for sure. Uh, maybe a bear that could come after you. That might be some. The only competition you have is if you miss a bear um, and you're within 100 yards of it, you might want to get the hell out of there because he's coming after you. Like he will probably catch you. Yeah. Um, but for, yeah. For me, caliber wise, and I have a disclaimer because I have to be the one that builds it because a lot of people yes, you do it around. But our 300 PRC precision long range bolt action rifles that we build here, that is a laser beam of a setup that we designed. That I, yeah. by far the best round out there in through our rifle. I've seen a lot of bad rifles on the market that are supposed to shoot 300 PRC and it destroys the round just because of, they just don't do it right. But yeah, if if I had to make a one gun for myself for everything across the board, 300 PRC all day. So I I, I don't have any experience with the 300 PRC. Um, ballistically, what is that? You know, um, it has the same knockdown power um, as a 338 at 1500 yards, but it's a lot okay. better because the drag coefficient of the actual projectile is it's so much better than a 338. I got guys right a lot for hunters out in the Midwest and they're dropping elk at 12, 13, 1400 yards. So valley to valley shots. Um, and they're, yeah. they love them. So that's, that's my go-to because I can literally drop anything with it. Uh, we do have a question going back to the Z car. Uh, G23 says thoughts on the Z going electric. You know, like I'm not a big electric car guy. But I will say this, like the electric cars, if you're talking about speed and quickness, like you can't beat an electric car. I mean, those things will fly. Um, the only thing that I'd have a problem with is if one little electrical thing goes wrong in those cars, the whole car just like shuts down. Like you can't, you can't, you know, roll start it. You can't do anything. It's just one thing goes bad. It goes bad. But as far as the electrical cars, as far as like the speed and quickness realm of things, I think they're pretty badass. I mean, I saw a, a 78 Chevy C10 that had been converted all electric. That thing was running about a thousand horsepower and was going to rape anything that they, it took in a drag strip. 
it was nuts. Um, so if you're talking about just pure power and quickness off the line, electric's great. I, I just don't trust them. And maybe I, maybe I don't, I don't know. I just don't trust electric cars yet. I just, I'm afraid that something's going to break down and one little fuse goes wrong and the whole thing is probably going to go bad. What do you guys think about the electric cars in general? Let me go first. You want to go? I'll go first because I'm not a car guy like this nut over here. Uh, I just break it down just like the same thing when we were talking about like, you know, whenever you're looking at a new thing or a new problem set, you've got your known knowns, your known unknowns, and your unknown unknowns. And with the electric car, we just got a bunch of unknown unknowns. Like, we don't know. So it's yeah. like, yeah, if you can if you can throw away the cash and, and pick it up and then have a toy, got it. But to like put your whole commute or your day-to-day life on this new thing you know you know it's unfamiliar to me so you know maybe 10 years from now you know maybe 10 years from now they've proven they've gone through those problems and figured it i mean you never know you never know Mm -hmm. i'm still probably gonna be a gas guy it's just the way i am yeah yeah i mean when it comes to sports cars like my take on it i think that a lot of the manufacturers right now are ruining their true sports cars because i mean when you buy a supercar or a hypercar you know they're going to these hybrids and all that but yeah you know hearing the motor and hearing the engine especially when you modify it that's like half if not more than half of the exhilaration of them you know yeah. and that's that's the only thing now as far as performance is concerned if you're just basing it off performance then it's the right way to go but if you're if you want it for the exhilaration and the fun and all that it's i mean there's nothing like a, a you know a, a gas powered engine or alcohol. So, are you more of a are you more of like a, an American like uh, muscle car, or you like the drifting cars like the Nissans and the Hondas and all that? Are you like well, a muscle? Guy? Here's the thing with me: like I hate rice rockets. I like cars. I like cars from all over the world. Wait a second, you had that talent that had like a kajillion. Let horsepower. me finish my story. <laughs> In like, in like 2005, yeah. I was like a viper killer. Yeah. Well, it's a Hayabusa killer. But yeah, I had a, it was. Ooh, Hayabusa, killer. man. I think it was a 200, man. Yeah, it was, it was, I had like 1100 horsepower for him. It was a, it was an Eagle Talon TSI all-wheel drive, but I did, I rehauled the entire car. But what I was getting at is I hate the cars that these guys dump, you know, 40 grand into body kits and all this other stuff. And it still has a stock motor in it and they sound terrible like yep. a lawnmower. I like the sleeper super fast. Like if you had pulled up next to my one of my cars back then, you would have known, never known that yeah. it had eleven hundred horsepower under the hood because I didn't put anything on the outside. It was nothing. Well, first of all, it's an Eagle Talon, so no one would guess that you would put eleven hundred yeah. horsepower yeah. in that thing. It, dude, it was that thing was nuts. And yeah, I've built a ton of different cars. I've had a ton of really fast cars and bikes and everything else, but I'm always about the performance side of it. I don't care about yeah. all that other stuff. It's I like the sleeper setup. But yeah, no, I hear you. But yeah, I hear you. Um, for me, my my favorite long range. Go back to the the, the calibers. For me, yeah. my favorite long range caliber is three three Lapua. Um, that was. So I didn't shoot guns until I joined the Marine Corps. Like I shot a twenty two every now and then, like a rifle. My buddy's ranch, grew up in Texas or whatever. But I wasn't a gun guy. I grew up in Dallas, so like hunting wasn't a thing. I grew up in suburbia. So I get to the Marine Corps, shoot the M16A2. Uh, that's showing my age right now. Um, the M16A2, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is awesome!" And we had to shoot a bunch of cool stuff. And then our DM, 
Uh, his preferred was a 300 Win Mag, but the rifle that he used was a 33 Lapua. So I got to shoot it a few times, and um, man, I just I just love the 33 Lapua for some reason. It just like I like it better than the 50. I love a 300 Win Mag. Um, for me, it was always the 33 Lapua was like the one. Like if I could have like that dream gun. Um, you know, going back from Marine Corps, I would have probably he had a McMillan three three Lapua. I don't know if you guys have had much experience with the old McMillans, but it was just awesome. Like I don't know, it was just one of those things. Then I'm also, I'm also 19 years old at the time, and I have had zero you know experience. So it was like the first like big caliber I ever shot. I was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Um, shot the 50 quite a bit, but uh, I kind of tend to agree. Like the 308. What I love about the 308 is it's going to get you out. To a thousand yards very easily, um, but you can run it bolt action. You can run a gas gun with it. I mean, it, it's a versatile caliber. An AR-10 is fun as hell to shoot. You know, it's just one of those. It's a cool caliber that, like you guys said, you can go to any Walmart and find it pretty much any time, and it's going to be relatively yeah. cheap. Um, you, you know, everyone will have it. So if you run out of ammo, someone's going to have it. Uh, I shoot with my PRS. I shoot a six-five Creed. Um, just because it was kind of what I got into initially, and it's a pretty flat shooting caliber out to you know they really go up about twelve hundred yards in those matches, so it's pretty pretty stable and all that. But a lot of guys are shooting some wildcats out there that are just ripping it up. Um, so we're gonna get into that talk uh, real quick. Thirty nine percent of the one point four thousand votes said three oh eight. Um, Twenty one percent said three three Lapua. 19 said the 50 BMG, 15% say 300 Win Mag, and 5 said uh, other, and the vast majority um, of the other was 30-06, which I would not have ever, like, considered, just because I'm not a big 30-06 guy, you know, Um, but that was was the thing, like, there was quite a few people that mentioned 30-06, so... Apparently, there's still some old 30-06 M1 Grand shooters out there, probably, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with it, just older tech. No, no. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm more into the modern stuff. And speaking of modern stuff, um, so, guys, and we can start wherever you guys want. To. I want to, first, I want to start, like, on the history um, of you guys, your guys' background, because uh, I think they're interesting stories, um, but also the, the story of how Coralie kind of became – um, you know, getting out of, you know, Josh was a SEAL and getting out and kind of looking at it as to where we're going to go next and all that. We had a great conversation in Vegas, but kind of give people the background of you, both of you guys, and then maybe the background startup of, of the company as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys talk. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, my career started off, uh, pretty much in 2001. I was in a delayed entry program. I was going to college, wouldn't do it in a great job at uh, college. I was working full-time doing that delayed entry program, I think in April, May, then September 11th happened that year in 2001. So I uh, kind of stepped past the delayed entry program and uh, entered uh, in December, 2001, December 12th, I, I believe. Uh, went from boot camp to Quartermaster, you know, it's a navigational school for A school. And then I went straight into my SWIT class. Uh, and then after selection, 
uh, showed up at Special Boat Team 12. I was there for four deployments, uh, screened for development group, went out there to the East Coast in Virginia Beach, uh, screened positive. Then I, you know, finished up my time there at Gray, Gray Silver. Uh, after those four or five deployments, transferred over, went into uh, Special Reconnaissance Team 2 underneath uh, Naval Special Warfare Group 10 and nice. did a tour there and then finished out my career last January where I uh, retired at the end of January at right about 20, 21 plus years. So, and, and for people out there that, um, we, we do have a lot of people that are military or, you know, former military that, that watch or listen to this podcast, um, but a lot of people may not understand when you say development group, dev group, uh, most people know that as SEAL Team 6. And so the selection for getting the green team, and I've got some guys that were the buddies of mine that were there. Um, <clears throat> explain if you can, as, as much as you can, explain the difference like of the selection to try to get into green team because that that's got to be like above and beyond like anything that you probably ever went through, wasn't it? Is it is it more tactical stuff or more? Book stuff. I mean, what 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 goes through selection for dev group? If, I don't know if you guys can talk about that or not. I have no idea. No, I mean the the recruitment is rigorous. They've got a whole protocol. I'm sure people can jump on Wikipedia or wherever else and get all the details of like what the what they screen for, how the screening processes work, and all that. When you're yeah. going into like a any type of basic, you know, NSW Navy Special Warfare program, especially in 2001, 2000. Uh, two, they had, you know, NSW was uh, four dimensions. It had diving, had EOD, had SEALs, had SWIC. Then they yeah. made a transition to SEALs and SWICs for NSW, and then divers and EOD were more of like a auxiliary type of, yeah. type of deal. But so SWIC, well, real quick, for out there, we're talking, we're, for the SWIC, or have you guys ever seen the badass boats? Have you ever watched the movie uh, Act of Valor? And you saw the boats come around and light up with a minigun. Those are the SWIC boats. Those are the SWIC guys, and those are some badass dudes. Badass boats. Sorry, I just want to kind of catch the audience that they don't know what that means. So, yeah. So at, I'm at a that, marine, and I'm jealous of the SEALs. That doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the time, it's like all you really needed to do is have an ASVAB score that was a de decently high enough, and then a um, which is uh, and then pass the the physical. And then once you pass yeah, the, the psych two, the psych eval, you had to go through all the psych. I don't think I don't know if you guys did or not. But I learned the same screen for green team. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they all get there. Oh, I thought but you were okay. like so you already you were already on the teams. How long were you in the teams oh. before you went to uh, selection? For green team, uh, nine years ish. Okay, so you've already had a long history yeah. of deploying with the teams and all of that, and now this is the next tip of this tip tip of the sphere. Yeah, you have to be yeah. recommended before you can even get a oh, shot. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. You have to, so, uh, so to get in like the first tier of like SEAL, SWIC, whatever, you do the physical stuff, you do an ASVAB score, then you go to selection. That's it. Now, when you go to Damnek, you have to. Uh, Request it through your commands, like, hey, I want to do a special program. Yeah. Uh, once they give you the ominous dominus, and then you then you submit your package. And after they review your package, then they can say whether or not you can screen. And the screening process takes a couple of weeks, and it's full spectrum across the board. Uh, okay. When you pass that selection, you get a class number, then you show up to your green team class. And, uh, and then I'd say the, the biggest thing – 
they're looking for. I would say resilience for like entering the team is kind of what they're looking for. And then when you're going through like the tier one selection, it, I would say mental. I, I would say it's how yeah. you think. They want to know the way you think. They want to know. They want to know who you are, what your integrity is like, which personal ethics. They want to know why you make the decisions you make. So if you're in a, in any circumstances throughout whatever scenario that you're going through in that selection, the biggest thing that that I'd say they look for is how does this person think? Because if they are thinking a certain way, we can kind of we can culture that a little bit. We can direct that. We can help you. You know we can get you to where we need you to get. Yeah. But uh, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest thing that, that I feel they're selecting. You know, it's, it's so funny because I, I guess I, I got a couple of buddies that were, that were dev grew. I don't know if you knew cheese, Will Chesney. I don't know if you knew Will or not. Will was the canine handler on Bin Laden raid. Uh, he was Cairo's handler. I don't know if you, I'm sure you know Cairo. Yeah. He was Cairo's Everybody handler. Everybody knows the dogs. No, yeah, exactly. No, 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 no,
they were freezing promotions and not letting any lap moves happen. It was just like, it was terrible. So I got the hell out, hated the Marine Corps there for a couple of years. The towers fell and I was like, I got to get back. I got to go. Uh, hold on real quick. We've got a $5 super chat from our buddy. Now this guy's a coasty, uh, but he's a pretty cool coasty. Uh, mandatory care out there says, uh, keep fighting. Um, I'll call the not wife. There you go. We do not. Uh, thank you for the $5 super chat. We do not encourage, nor do we ask for super chats, but most of you guys know that all every dime of super chats goes towards organizations that will send care packages to our guys downrange. Last year, we raised over twenty six hundred dollars to send for care package for to send downrange. So that's pretty cool. They say that the organizations that I work with they say that the average care package is about fifteen dollars. So we sent almost two hundred care packages downrange last year. So thank you for that. I appreciate you guys. Don't feel like you have to do super chats. But thank you for the ones that do. Um, so, green team to so if you get selected into whatever squadron you're going to get selected. What's that like? What's that time frame? How long are you in green team before the selection? Is it is it like buds? Is it like a whole new buds or is it different? Oh, uh, so whether so I went through the maritime mobility side of green team. Uh, okay, and th then you have the assault side of green team. And okay. I would say comparison to buds is is or basic crewman training. It's it, it's more it yeah. It's it's more of like a you know you're not staying there on a compound. They're not going through and tearing up your rooms. They're not beating yeah. you up because your your uniform's jacked up. You know they're yeah. they want more competency. And if they come down on you, it's you know there's there's the fuck fuck games and we play all those types of do all those types of deals. Yes, it's more what they really get on you is is competency. And, you know, that's, I mean, that was my, you know, that, every time that I felt like I was, you know, uh, getting a hard time or, you know, having feelings or whatever, going through selection, it was about like, you know, looking at the way that I was making decisions and how that they were affecting things. And then, you know, how can I better communicate? How can I, you know, you know speed up my mental process in those decision making? So uh, I would say that's, that's the biggest part, you know, and then you do a lot more across the board training. So when you're, you yeah. know, going through basic selection stuff, you're just getting kicked in the dick every day and it, and it sucks. But as you, yeah. you are getting training, as you're going uh, more. And they're uh, watching, they're, they're seeing how you handle that to see if they want to draft you or whatever it is. Like pick you into their, their, their squadron, right? Like they're, they're, the guys that, that in the different squad, they're watching a lot of this results to see how you do. Right. Well, yeah, there's people in the squadron that you already knew, uh, know. Uh, at the time I was going through, I had guys that were telling me to screen and I should come out and do that. So they're watching their their picks as they're coming through. But then it's also like a cohesion thing. You know, what's the guy's yeah. personality like? You know, you know. He's going to mess with us. Yeah. You know, and they kind of like, hey, we think this guy would be a good fit here, a good fit there. And then they, they go through and then they kick the names around the team room. They're like, hey, these are the guys coming to this next selection course or here's the guy's uh, – graduating what do you think and you know people give their opinions of how they feel what they think and i it's more of like a, a character meld like hey is he gonna yeah. fit here or is he better fit fit in gold or is he better fit over in blue or yeah you know, and then they is it, is it a draft or like how i mean how does that happen where you get selected is it like whoever's down the most like they got a couple guys down like they get a person or how does that work and i there's a uh, again, I was never like at the 
like more of the administration leadership side yeah. there, uh, where those decisions are actually getting made. But you've got multiple things coming in like, hey, does this guy have qualifications do we need? Does he have, okay. you know, does we, he we, we need, we we need a medic or we need this or we need that. Yeah, I got you. For, for particularly when it comes down to like EOD guys that are going through, you know, the selection is those guys are hard to come by. So yeah. you got a very refined skill set guy. You might only have one or two going through like green team at a time. So it's like, yeah. okay, what squadron needs what? You know, how can we? Now becomes a war. Who's getting the EOD guy? Yeah, yeah. You, you've got this, the scaling thing going on as well. It's like, hey, what's the guy's personality? Is he going to get along? You know, what trooper are we going to stick him in after he gets to the squadron? And how we're going to yeah. do this? This is what the guys think of them, and then they make their calls. But ultimately, how that. It happens behind the, way over, over, yeah, behind, way over, behind the curtain. There's a wizard back there making all these decisions. And just like everybody else, you're like, what's this guy freaking thinking? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure there's, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Angry Ranger out there says, use a Winchester M70 and 30-06 in Southeast Asia with some decent results. There you go. I'm not, hey, I was not knocking. The thirty uh, six. I just I don't see it. I don't see it anymore. You know, was this campaign in Southeast Asia was this like nineteen thirty eight nine. He's he must be an older guy. I'm going to say that. <laughs> you know, he remembers sixty eight. I'm sure sixty eight was not a good year for him. Probably, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should be allowed. Oh, we're allowed to. He got yeah. some traveling. He's fine. He got yeah. to see new places. Right. Yeah. I spent some time. My wife's from Japan. I met her when I was stationed over in, in Okinawa. So, uh, but I was not over in the Southeast Asia during the late '60s, early '70s. Um, <laughs> and if I had anything to choose, I wouldn't choose the M70 or the 30 yacht six. But back then, that was probably pretty like high tech stuff back then. You know. Absolutely. We'll see. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I, a lot of people probably don't understand the whole process of DevGrew and, and all of that. And uh, you hear about SEAL Team 6 and all this, but a lot of people don't understand. It's actually a massive unit. It's not like, like one little, you know, fire team or something. It's a massive unit. You guys have different squadrons and troops down inside there. It's people to understand that. So thank you for talking a little bit about that because I think a lot of people probably are like, oh, I didn't know about that. So um but yeah so um uh, you did that and, and well let's, let's before you before we go on to the company let's uh, let's you uh talk him in and talk a little bit about i know his story is kind of cool too so um like can i tell people your background as well and, and get going into that yeah yeah so uh my name is josh marcus like we talked about earlier i'm owner of core lead ops um but yeah, Chris, Christopher and I met actually back at Special Boat Team 12. So I uh, enlisted in 2003 and, uh, you know, essentially the same kind of scenario. We Back then you had source ratings. There was 10 of them that you could choose from. I think they actually switched over to that right after you because there's only 10. Anyway, there's only 10 jobs that you could pick to go into special programs back then. So I picked uh, Construction Mechanic, which was one of the 10. Um so if, if you don't make it through selection, then you actually have a job to go back to instead of being an undesignated, you know, seaman. So that is the word. No matter what branch you're in, guys, I, I tell this people all the time. They're going to think about going in. Do not go in with an open contract. Yeah, because if what you think is going to happen to you, 
maybe 3% of people actually get through whatever contract you have. The 97%, they are at the mercy of the Marine Corps, the Navy, the Army, Air Force, and they will put you wherever they need you. So, yes, uh, open contracts are not as sexy as they sound, by the way. So, let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So, anyway, um, you know, went through boot camp back in 2003. I don't, I'm not as good with dates as uh, Chris is. I try to forget about that part of my life. <laughs> but um, anyway, went through uh, boot camp and then went to, the A school for construction mechanic out in uh, California, got through that. And then I went up back up to Great Lakes um, up at the boot camp, and they had it. It was called scruff detail. And essentially is where you stand by to wait to actually class up uh, in, in California and Coronado. So I was up there, got my ass handed to me for about three months um, with the the dive motivators. And it was helping. So what do you all do when you all are waiting for your class? Like, I mean, are you working out every day, I'm assuming, yeah. and getting safe or what? Yeah. Tons of working out. Um, Lots of cleaning. Yeah. Well, actually, not too much. <laughs> yeah. Did you scruff too? Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. So scruffed up Try there. To keep the same out of your getting, your, getting your ass kicked by the the uh, the dive motivators and then helping them motivators screening test uh, for guys that were trying to get into special programs. So played that game for four months or so, um, and you know just got really strong again because I actually got out of shape in boot camp. <laughs> which is funny. Um, but uh, I get it. yeah, I got back, got back in really good shape and then uh, classed up, uh, you know, and, and started the selection process, made it through. Um, yeah. And then actually got assigned to special boat team 12, where I actually met Christopher. We've known each other for 20 years now um, and was there for uh, seven years, I think. Uh, to when I actually transitioned from Special Boat Team 12 to SEAL Team 18 on the reserve side. Uh, and during that time, did multiple deployments with SEAL Team 18 all over the world again and got my got my degree. And Sorry. Um, That's all good. Yeah, I got my, uh, got my degree. It's the second uh, thing we wrote, by the way. Just say it. What's it's that? The second thing, it's the second thing we wrote. <laughs> yeah. So, I love that. Yeah, so did uh, did all that, and then um, so I was mobilizing with SEAL Team 18 multiple times, and in between that, I was running contracts over in the Middle East, uh, did a lot of counterintelligence programs and other things that uh, can't really talk about. And then, I uh, and then I was I was, a, I was an intel guy, so yeah, yeah. So just did a bunch of stuff there, and got into a lot of a lot more shitty situations as a contractor than I did ever did at the teams. But uh, yeah, so then went from, you know, being the window licker, doing the ops side of those contracts to then transitioning to the business development corporate side for a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the big government contracting companies um, and did a ton of BD and, you know, creating contracts, winning contracts and, you know, more that, like I said, the corporate level program management. And then uh, during that time, I saw a void in issues with actually getting a lot of equipment, firearms, whatever else we needed for those contracts. So I actually established Coralite Operations and were funneling through a lot of the requirements for those contracts with the, the companies I was working with or for to make sure that we could get, you know, what we needed for those contracts to stand them up during the uh during the you know the transition over to under our company under these contracts, so that's kind of where Core Elite actually started. Um, 
And so we are focusing mainly on a lot of the, the government requirements. And then uh, saw the writing on the wall. Uh, my life changed a little bit. Had a, I had my daughter, um, you know, come, come into the world and got into a pretty hairy situation in Africa. I was in Central African Republic, uh, in Bangui, and uh, got into some dicey situations and came back and was driving up my street up to the end of the street there in the cul-de-sac and had kids running around and everything else. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell am I doing this for? So uh, that's when we transitioned, you know, I went into, uh, you know, head, head, head first into core lead operations, created the consumer side of the house for the company, started doing a lot of weapons development, you know, still, we still obviously work with the government fulfilling contracts. We have government contracts through, not only Coralie Ops, but my other company that we do a lot of stuff with, um, you know, some of the the tiered uh, teams and, and then also SOCOM, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what has happened in the last 20 years. And then when Christopher retired, uh, I asked him if he would be so kind to come down and, and help me uh, run this. this and great here we are. Yeah. The <clears throat> manager for Coralie Ops, and he's... Uh, it's been awesome to have him back in my life again because we weren't able to see each other for a while. So it's, it's, it's really good. Well, it's also nice to have someone that you've been through shit with and you, you know them, you can trust them yep. because when you're, when you're talking about business, it's, it's livelihoods at this point. Yeah. Um, you're putting everything that you have into this. And if you fail, um, there's no turning back from that, but it's nice to have someone that you can, is your, you know, your partner in this, that you, you know what that person can do. You probably, you probably, you know, help each other in a lot of different ways that you, with your deficiencies, he's probably strong at. More playing can trust the guy. So that's always, I think that's something that um, people forget is, you know, when you've been through shit together, you know, there's guys that I can talk, I, I don't have to talk to some of my guys, you know, some guys I probably would talk to in 10 years, but I promise tomorrow, if I were to talk to him on the phone, it'd been like nothing had ever changed. It was just one of those things. It just, it just, it meshes and you, you understand, you can look at someone and know what they're thinking. You can look at someone and, and like, yep, I got you, bro. Uh, you don't get that very often in the real world. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, pretty yeah, cool. Um, family to me than family. So yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, now when I met you guys, I, I met Josh, especially, talk, I don't know, we talked for a while um, at shot and we're going through the products. I'm going to share the screen. Um, I'm on your website, so I'm going to go ahead. First of all, before I do anything, I'm going to go ahead and put their website out in the uh, chat. It's CoralieOps.com, um, but I'm going to go ahead and share the screen. And what I'd like for you guys to do is talk, talk about some of the different products that you're having uh, because I saw some amazing stuff, some innovative stuff, and I, I, I know it's not one of the best, the, the, the biggest things you guys are doing, but for me it was one of the most innovative things. It was the trigger guard. Uh, accessory for the art for some reason like for me that's a game changer um i think that is unbelievable and i've already talked to a bunch of guys that shoot like three gun or they shoot their pccs comp competitively and they're like hell yeah i wonder how long they're gonna until they write a rule banning those but uh like when you can go from reset every single time um like there's that's one of the coolest things i saw like i said i'm gonna go ahead and present um share the screen of the website here and um what i want you guys to do is i'm gonna scroll keep scrolling and all that but i would like for you guys to maybe talk about 
some of your products and the and whatever you do, I'll kind of bring those up on yeah. screen, full screen. Yeah. So you're on like the customs, the custom gun tab. So we do just so what I do to to break up the monotony for yeah. my team here is one one week out of every month. Uh, you know, as long as we don't have a big order to fill, um, I allow my guys to uh, just you know figure out what they want to make and just let them do it. Uh, you know, so they come up with some pretty cool custom stuff like this one here, which actually that one I think is already sold. Wait, do we so we got to take that we, off. Oh, this one's sold. We we sold it. It's fine. We can make another one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, these are some of our custom stuff. We do you know kind of off the wall stuff. Uh, we do a lot of uh, full breakdown systems. Um, you know, pretty much anything you think of. We have some folding setups. We have some full carbon fiber and titanium rifles that are just, you know, three pounds. Uh, we're running all carbon fiber and titanium, everything. Um, but the biggest thing, you know, we have our production line. And yeah. that's, that's the battle series, which you're seeing right there. So these are the, these are our, our like our version of our, of an entry, entry line rifle. So but the thing with the biggest takeaway from our stuff, everything is, is ours internally, all the designs, everything is ours. We do all of our own uh, coating, which by the way, we anodize everything first. So we don't take the shortcut. You need to have anodizing first before you Cerakote. I remember one of the first things that I noticed when, when I held one of the rifles there, it, it shot was like the skeletonized handguard. Yeah. Like, it was unbelievable. Like it, it, it's so lightweight, but it's so durable. But it just had—I don't know. It was—it was strange the way you guys kind of cut. It's almost like you're you're telling people where to place their hands to yep. be get the maximized part of that handguard. It was awesome. I love. It. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was no, one of the things I remember right off the bat was the handguard was amazing. Yeah. So that's the, the biggest thing that you know. We live. We're down here in Florida as well, so it gets hotter than hell in the summer. Yeah. And the biggest thing was trying to get as much air to transfer to that barrel to, to cool it down as quick as possible. And that's where the design comes with our handguards. Um, but this is our current generation. This is this, These are called the Battle Series Rifles. We have them in four colors. They come in uh, black, type 3, anodizing. They come in uh, what we call a blue steel. Um, they, they also come in a midnight bronze and, all, and then uh, a tactical gray. So the, that's all of our current line right now. They, and the rifles are a 5.56. Five, we have the pistol versions, you know, depending on what happens with the full ATF. I think you'll, I think you'll be fine. I think yeah, you'll be I think fine. So as well, but I'm just being tentative as what. I understand. <laughs> yeah, we got the 5.56 five, and 300 blackout uh, versions as well. Um, the biggest thing that we're, you know, starting to tell people is we are uh, – we're transitioning to our generation two of the battle series. We have all new handguard designs, uh, multiple links. We're going to start coming out with a lot of more of the wild calibers because the, the ammo is actually available um, now. Um, and then the biggest takeaway with our battle series is all of our triggers are nickel Teflon coated. And then we actually uh, hand stone and polish every single one of them in house to three and a half pounds. Uh, and they're absolutely incredible. The other thing with our Gen 2 is all of our gen Generation 2 that we're about to release is going to be coming with that trigger stop that you saw at the show. Oh. So we And we have a, a pre-op 
and post-op adjustment in the trigger. So our triggers literally feel like a drop-in, but you're not paying, you know, $250, $300 for a really nice drop-in trigger. And it gives you the ability to adjust it the way you want it. Um, so they're, they're incredible. So that's the biggest takeaway with our stuff. Uh, always lifetime warranty on any, everything that we make. Uh, you know, we are a high end, uh, yeah. manufacturer. we don't mess around. These things kept Christopher and I alive for the last two decades. So that's how we look at these. We're not trying to race to the bottom on price just to get a gun that is not going to actually work when you really need it. So that's the biggest thing we focus on is quality. Um, and, and really that, I mean, that's all we think about our quality control plan that we run through here is insane. Um, people yeah. tell me that I'm OCD the way we do things, but I want to make that's sure that's a good thing. Perfect. The way before it goes out. Yeah, um, no, I, I'd really be OCD than, uh, just trying to get shit out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's our battle series line. We're, like I said, we're having the, the generation two will be out very, very soon. We're actually uh, cutting our, our new handguards right now nice. uh, and uh, we'll be launching that. But all the Gen twos will have that trigger stop that you're talking about in them. Uh, so you want to talk about that real quick? Just touch on it so people kind of know what you're talking about. There's one on that lower in there. I'll have Christopher grab one of our prototypes because we haven't even launched them yet, but. This is kind of the. Are, are you are you allowed to talk? I know you're allowed to. Maybe yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely a lot of talk about it now. You know, it, it's patented, and and we've uh, we're working with our team to uh, finalize development to go into mass production. So, uh, just so, and this one's not even as you can see, this one's not even screwed or bolted in. But yeah. this was one of the coolest things that I saw at Shot Show all week long. This was awesome. Yeah, so essentially what this does is there's two things. So you can see how it's curved. What it's great about is you can just throw your finger in here and just run it up the uh, contour of the uh, of the, the, the trigger guard, and it'll put your finger exactly where you want it to be on that trigger every single time. So it's exact placement every time. Inside here, coming from under behind, is where the post-op trigger adjustment is. So when you're pulling this trigger... There's no extra movement in this trigger at all. Uh, so your repeatability and fire to fire quickly is insane because again, we took all the slack out of the front. I don't know if you can see how little my finger's moving right now yeah. for the hammer to go. Um, but yeah, it, it gives you the ability to, to adjust all your pre-op because we have our screw, our pre-op screw adjustment actually built into all of our lowers for the Gen 2s coming out. And then also the post-op is inside this uh, this trigger guard here. So that's that's what this is going to be doing. Uh, we're also launching a billet uh, line called the Operative, and that's actually going to be built into our billets. So it'll oh come, really? Yeah, it'll come in the billets as well. Oh um, wow! So that's that's the huge value add to our firearms that nobody else is going to have. You know, we're the only ones that are going to be launching these as uh, a built firearm from from our facility um, yeah I, I love it i love it that you can you know from people that like to shoot from reset which i'm one of those guys i just i like shooting really light triggers i just i, I i'm used to them I, i'm comfortable with them um and for the people that like that you can literally pull the trigger go to reset 
hear that audible click and then tighten the screw and that's where it is i mean you're 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 literally you can get it where you dialed in where you want it now you might not go to reset you might want to go a little bit past whatever it is but you can kind of dial that in. if i remember correctly you can kind of dial that in at yep. pretty much any point along that that reset right yeah so you can actually dial again we're going to adjust them to where they're they're going to be like perfect coming from the factory but yeah. all you got to do is i don't know if you can see it on the video but you have an, an area inside here you can get an allen wrench inside to adjust the pre-op to however much travel yeah. you want in the trigger before the hammer drops and then the same thing with the post-op side of it you can do it inside here so i mean we've got it down to what you're you literally can't even see your finger moving and the same yeah, no, exactly. and you can and the other great thing about this too is because the 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 post-op screw inside the trigger guard is taking all the force of your your finger and 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 holding that trigger that trigger shoe you're not yep. transferring any of the of the weight and the pull into the two trigger pins inside the the lower receiver so there's not going to be any of that deviation and warping uh and also throwing your shot off uh that a lot of people don't think about yeah. because everything is going to be pulling straight through and all, all setting on that screw um, so there's a lot of advantages to having this again, we're not going to be changing or raising our prices because we're throwing that in. It comes with the gun. So it's a huge value add to the client. Um, Has so an additional safety feature in it as yeah, well. Yeah. So go into that. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing too. So, um, with a quick two second adjustment on that post-op screw, you can actually tighten that screw all the way down to where you can't even pull the trigger. So yep. if you're worried about your, it's kick, almost a lock, right? Yeah, it turns it turns into a safety lock, essentially what it does. So, you know, if you you have your yep. gun under the under your bed or whatever, because you don't have a safe, but you're worried about your kids being able to get access to it, you can set that thing so that the trigger will not move, even with the safety off, to where you know for a fact there's no way that anything's ever going to happen, where you know something, yeah. the worst thing that could possibly happen, where something happens to your children. So, it's kind of a a multi-scenario fix. Um, and the best part about it is, you know, these things are under 50 bucks if you buy them by themselves, if you want to modify your gun. So you can get a precision trigger for 50 bucks, which is insane. So that is pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's what, that's what uh, we're be launching all the gen two stuff with. It'll have all those and not only the, the billet sets, which will be built in obviously because it's a billet receiver, but also in our forgings. Right. Um, what's, bring this up mandatory carry says why does everyone hate basic black and iron sights i don't think anyone hates basic black rifle and iron sights i just think that uh, i don't know what you guys thought about this my opinion is is everyone's got the black rifle out there um it's people that if you, if you can add that extra value of a, of a, a cerakote uh especially if it's a custom cerakote and add that to the value of, of what you're bringing um that's just a cool thing um, I rattle can a lot of my stuff. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm an old rattle can guy. Uh, back in the day, we rattle canned everything. One, it was cheap. It was easy. We could touch it up. But, you know, it was just one of those things where I, even if I had a black rifle, it's going to be, you know, it's 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 going to have some it, – it's not going to be, um, you know, my battle rifle here is just, it's just rattle can. And, I, and I, I, I rattle can a lot of stuff. I don't know why. I just do. Um stop sharing this for a second and we'll go back to that in a second um as far as iron sights i mean you know having flip up sights is wonderful 
Um, but let's just be honest, guys. Why not utilize technology? I think everyone should be trained in iron sights. I think everyone should probably start out with irons, understand iron sights, whether flip up or fixed. I mean, I learned on the A2 front post. You know, that shit was god ugly, but it, it worked. But why not utilize technology? I mean, if you can get a dot or, or, or some kind of an optic that's going to help you be more accurate. I mean, especially if you're in a, if you're going to go with a battle rifle, I mean, and, and you get that Red Dawn scenario, not that it's never going to happen or whatever, but you get in a Red Dawn scenario, <laughs> like, at that point, if I had to go to iron, something's gone wrong. You know, I mean, it's, let's be honest. That's just me. What do you guys think about, huh? I was going to say, it's the electric car discussion we were having earlier. It's like, we these have now been around multiple decades. They have been proven now. Yeah, we destroyed them. We beat them up. Sent them back. Revisions. Now, like your average hobbyist can throw a bad battery in their rifle, throw it in the, the gun in the safe, not look at it for six years, and then pull it out, and the, the gun sight still works. So it's yeah, you know, yeah. And, and uh, angry rangers. Go ahead, man. Go oh, ahead. Well, no, no, yeah, go ahead, well, go ahead. That was the other thing I was going to talk about in regards to coding. So um, we're actually. On, on all our new Gen 2 stuff that's coming out, we're actually getting away from Cerakote. We actually have a new coating um, that we are going to be, uh, you know, using to actually code our, our, all of our guns, all of our firearms, all of our models that is far superior to uh, Cerakote. Uh, and there's also variations within that coating where we're going to have to where when the gun actually gets wet or your hands are sweaty, it actually makes the rifle tacky. So you're oh, not going yeah. with your hands slipping or any of that. And then on top of that, we have another variant of the coating that we're going to be putting on the inside of all of our weapon systems that actually creates, um, makes it extremely slick. So the carriers and everything else are going to be moving a lot freer. A lot of the moving parts internally are going to be moving a lot freer over the long term. And uh, it, it's just, it, it, it's going to make for even a farther superior uh, firearm, you know, for, for our clients. So there's a lot of a lot of new things coming out with our Generation Two uh, battle series, the new operative line, and then we haven't even started talking about our our new bolt action rifles that are coming out as well that I've been developing. So I was going to wait for that because um, just saying, uh, one of the most beautiful rifles I have ever seen anywhere. Uh, you guys designed, built, and have in your in your arsenal. Um, we'll get to the 50, uh, cause I know that that's something that you probably do want to talk about, but yeah, let's, let's jump into, uh, some of the other stuff. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen again. Um, I don't want to jump to some of the bolt. If you guys aren't ready, we've got time to, to do whatever you want. Yeah, so um, get back over here. Somebody, I think Marcus was asking about our stock on the CEO yeah. Battle Series 15 rifle. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up here on the screen. The so CEO, um, or is it one of those? Um, let's see here. He says he really digs, the, uh, I guess the stock on, um, what stock is that? Mm -hmm. I really, so is, is that a proprietary stock that you guys have on your CEO? Uh, well, it depends on which one. So, uh, for the rifles, we are running fab defense, uh, Israeli made okay. stocks. Uh, we have our two, two, four Valkyrie, which we actually haven't even listed on our website. Um, but that is a, a that's we've been I've shot that fifteen hundred yards. It's an insane rifle. We designed that barrel from scratch. Took us two years 
to get it right. And um, it's a tack driver, but we're going to actually, we build those custom for a lot of clients already right now, but we haven't listed them on the website uh, as a, as a full product line, just because of, you know, not having, right not having the time to, to get all the orders out, but these are also available. They're 24 inch 224 Valkyrie. Um, independent reviewer actually, without even telling us, uh, bought one of our barrels, our 224 Valkyrie barrels, and put them up against Wilson Combat and like five other the the large, uh, you know, high end type manufacturers. And he called me about three or four weeks later after he purchased it, and he said, "I don't know what you guys did with this barrel, but whatever you did, keep doing it." He said, "When I, I went and <laughs> tested all of these." all these 224 Valkyrie, uh, you know, barrels and guns from all the different manufacturers. He said, you guys, your, your rifle, your 224 Valkyrie was pinholing at 500 yards, literally. And he said the second best, uh, rifle I had out there was a Wilson combat and they were shooting three inch groups. So, um, once he released that, we sold out of every, all the inventory we had in the Valkyrie and, and uh, and now we're we're ramping up because we're going to launch that as part of the production line for the Gen Two. Um, but it's a so let me ask you this because the biggest problem that I think, from my opinion, the reason why the Valkyrie hasn't taken off like I think people thought it would is because they really couldn't get the twist rate down and, and get that solidified. Um, you guys are just that it was part of it was the twist rate the other part of it was the the way our our chamber is modified it's a a proprietary uh uh, reamer that we use that we developed about four years ago now um and that was the biggest issue because they just weren't done they all the big manufacturers were running off of a sammy spec uh standard reamer and that's where essentially the the industry ruined the the round that that round is incredible and everybody was trying to blame the the round itself it had nothing to do with it, it was the barrel design that these people were you know a lot of these companies were releasing to the market um so that was the biggest thing that we did is we don't try to rush to get to be the first ones on the market for a lot of things yeah uh, this whole ocd thing comes back into play we make sure that everything is the best it possibly can be before it gets released to the market and it shows i mean ask anybody that has had us build any precision bolt action rifles and they all say that you know that they're the best and you know but that takes time to do it and it takes time to do it right uh g23 says is the 224 valkyrie still eating the brass uh, what were your experience with that not on our rifles, no. We shoot, we shoot the ninety-five grain all the way down to fifty-fives, and um, and even custom uh, weights. And again, our stuff will run through all of it. It's it's not an issue. So, um, you know, if it's something that somebody's interested in, just have you just have them call us, and we'll walk them through it, and either build them something or sell them a barrel, and they can they can do their thing. But you know, we put our money where our mouth is, and I'm telling you, it's going to be the most accurate AR platform you'll ever buy. All right. So Mark is out there. says, I'm purchasing right now. There's a discount code. If you can wait to the weekend, wait to the weekend, Marcus. Save your money for a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. GT10 is pretty easy. GT10, like Ghost Tactical 10, uh, will get you 10% off of everything over there. So if you can 
is that yes, there is the discount code. I was going to wait till uh, the later, but since you brought it up, let's go ahead and announce it, and I'll bring it up to the later. Uh, use discount code. Hey Trey, your audio is kind of kind of funky. Yeah, it just sounds like you just went into a tunnel, bud. No, nope. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Stand by. Uh, is that better? <laughs> Sounds the same. <laughs> we could we could still hear you, but just maybe it'll come back. Um, That's yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So again. Uh, if, if anybody has any questions, they can just go on our website, coralleadops.com, and our, our phone number and everything else is there. Just give us a shout, and we can help you out. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll be launching these as the Gen 2 setups uh, here very soon, but we have them. We can build them right now. Dude, yeah. two of are like all-time favorite guns. Well, we're not going to talk about the 50 because that's just not fair. But the uh, <laughs> BRNs and the Valkyrie, I think by far people have the most fun shooting those guns. Our BRN and the Valkyrie, they just shoot those guns all day long. So let's talk a little bit about the BRN. Yeah, so we took uh, the BRN 180s uh, from Brownells, did a little modification and work to those uppers just to clean them up a little bit and made it a little bit more smooth. And we're running them on our FSC 15 lowers um, and drop-in triggers, all the Gucci high-end parts. Uh, but, yeah, everybody loves them. They're piston-driven, so they're really easy to transition back and forth, uh, suppressed, unsuppressed. Um, but that's one one that everybody loves. Um, so, yeah. And, we're again, we're, we're modifying a lot of our pricing here very soon and launching some new – with our new Gen and, and really setting up some really good stuff uh, for for this year when it comes to our new models. All right, I'm trying to work on this. Can you guys hear me at all now? Yeah, we can Nailed hear it. you. You sound great. Did you hit it with okay. a hammer? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, I'm not very smart. So. Well, you're rocking and rolling now. But yeah, we like I said, we have our full production lines, uh, you know, that are all out there. But we also have our custom shop. So if there's any calibers that anybody's looking for, you know, any kind of scenario, that's that's also part of our. Well, I'm gonna bring up. I started this G23 was asking on bolt action. Now we're talking bolt. I don't want to move into bolt too quickly. Uh, but the bolt wants to know um, where was it. Go under the uh, are you going to do a six a six arc a What's six that? arc in a bolt? Say it one more time, man. A six arc in a bolt gun. Are you guys thinking about doing yeah. a six arc? Yep. So the new, the great thing about uh, our new bolt guns that are coming out is they're they're going to have a multi cal uh, barrel change scenario. We're not dealing with barrel nuts or any of that that type of stuff. It's a it, it's a proprietary. Uh, set up in our actions where you can literally do a barrel swap in less than 30 seconds. Um, you're not going to need any tooling but an Allen wrench, um, and it sets every single time. So what we're going to be doing is making it to where it can be the rifle itself can be offered in you know a single caliber, but we're also going to be offering it in a multi cal. So bolt face change out's extremely fast. 
And then also, like I said, the barrel swaps can be done within 30 seconds and you're not going to need any type of crazy tooling. You hand tighten it down and then run our proprietary tab through and it sets the tenant headspace every single time. So um, that's what we're launching. We got our brand new chassis, which you saw the prototype at shot. Yeah. Well, I haven't showed anybody that yet, but we, um, we're having a, our, our brand new chassis coming out. It's uh, got Arca, M-Lock. Uh, pick rail segments you can attach the the uh the, the guard the handguard the, the chassis it's a 14 and a half inch uh handguard and then uh folding chassis it's got all lop adjustment cheek riser adjustment it's got a wedge for the uh for a bag if you want it or a, a pick rail segment you can bolt to the back of the stock so you can uh run a monopod uh, but the biggest thing is with the data that we're running you know we're going to be sub even with the, our fluted M24 contours, we're sub, you know, sub 10, nine pounds with how we're doing it. And it's a full aluminum chassis. So I've been designing, we've been designing that and doing a lot of R&D and T&E for the last 18 months on that. And we're getting ready to, to bring that to market as well. So 2023 is going to be a huge uh, transition for our company. We have all, we'll have all of our own internal parts for everything that we have. Um, and really, you know, revolutionizing a lot of the firearm industry with innovation so um arc, that's uh, the biggest thing g23 is asking is the six millimeter arc going to be in a 22 or 24 inch uh we're going to have multiple variants as far as barrel length you know and again if there's something in our production line that you want to change or modify just call us directly and we can actually build it to your spec so whatever caliber you want whatever barrel length you want twi twist what uh twi twist rates, if I can talk, right. anything you guys are looking for, we can do that. We do all of our barrel work in-house, and that's how we have our quarter MOA guarantees with over-the-counter match ammunition, uh, and we stand by it. Everything is tested uh, for accuracy before it leaves our facility, uh, and you always have us for, uh, you know, peace of mind in regards to our warranties. So, um, you know, we put, again, like I've said before, we put our money where our mouth is, um, and we really go above and beyond for our quality. And, and we really focus on that and harp on that. Yeah, Marcus asked about the PCCs on the website. It says not available. Uh, is that because you haven't released them out yet? Because I saw a couple at shot. I don't know if they just haven't released to the public yet or what? Um, so we have currently, we have some, uh, our, we have our AR-45. So we have some side charging 45 ACP. Uh, PCCs, they take Glock magazines, last round holdback, all that good stuff. And then we're also doing them in a 10 millimeter. Those are our two current PCCs right now. Um, our barrels are 416R stainless uh, that we do in-house. And everybody that has purchased these things call and say, I don't know what you did again, but these, the accuracy on these things is insane. Took the girlfriend out shooting. We're shooting a, a custom leopard print 45 I had done. Loved it. Just got done building her own 10 mil. Yeah. She can't wait. Yeah. So let's be honest, the leopard print was yours, wasn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> that heart sounds heart like heart something heart. that you'd rock, man. Yeah. I'm just saying. Check out our OnlyFans at... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the 10 uh, are great. And we run a proprietary active buffer system in them too. So, you know, everybody was always worried about the, the, the larger calibers and a PCC kicking too much. And these things are smooth as butter. Um, so yeah, that's another setup. Um, uh, Marcus, what's the, is there an AK platform in the future? Possibly. 
we, so we build that on our custom side. We run full billet AKs already now. Um, again, the whole guarantees of accuracy. We have a half MOA guarantee. Uh, we don't do any stamped AKs. It's just as right. far as quality. I don't like selling guns that can't, you know, hit the side of a barn. So, um, but yeah, we do build them. They're not cheap, but just give us a call. We build them from scratch. Uh, but they're they're awesome. It's all billet, all billet frames or all billet uh, receivers. So, yep. So let's talk. Let's talk some bolt action now. Bolt guns. Um, which one do you want to start with? You want to go the executive or uh, or what? Yeah, that's fine. We can start the executive. So this okay. is the executive is going to be replaced, like I said, with our new line. Um, the uh, they're they're great rifles. We're running M24 Contours um, again, guaranteed quarter MOA accuracy with over the counter match ammo. Uh, but that's our executive line. We had two of those at SHOT Show that we were showing off in the center of the yeah. there. Um, oh, yeah. Great rifles. We have some really cool variants that we do with those as well. But that's our it, current offering. We had, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Did you guys do all the muzzle brakes and all the rifles you guys had? Because you had some crazy-ass muzzle brakes at the show. Yeah, so the one that's showing here, we ran dead air stuff. Uh, but we are we have all of our muzzle brakes on our AR platforms, and we run Man. them as well if people ask them. Uh, we went through 22 iterations of design on our muzzle brakes, um, and they're absolutely incredible. Uh, as far you're not going to get any muzzle rise for, se for secondary shots. I've had a lot of competition shooters talking about how they there had to go. There you go. The way that they they shoot because they're always they were compensating for muzzle rise on the secondary shots and now they don't have to. Um, right. So yeah, really cool design. Uh, they work incredibly well, um, and people love them. So, uh, but like I like I said, with our Gen twos, we're going to have a lot of other options as well. We're going to run diffusers and muzzle brakes. We'll have the options between the two. Oh, okay. There's, oh, so you, you can get either one you want. I, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's great. There's out there that they, they say it's too loud when they're indoor shooting. So we, uh, we'll give them the diffuser option. Are those folks I can still hear? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those, those guys. Yeah. Who? What would you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, some, of us don't, some of us don't have to worry about weird ear protection anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But but yeah, so that's what we're that's what so the executive comes in 308 and 65 Creedmoor currently with an M24 contour. So um they're they're awesome rifles, they're great, but you know, we're always striving to have something better, and that's what we're about to release. So gunpowder beauties we'll up there. We'll, we'll do a secondary show together to to debut these things. Oh, anytime. Yeah, gunpowder beauties out there, and then she says that looks like a great Mother's Day gift. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, let's move on then to you what the... you don't love your mother. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You and to... way, all of our all of our bolt gums come in pelican cases. Uh, they're pre-cut, so you have all the area for mags and storage and everything else. So that's one value add with our rifles too. They're not just going to show up in a box. They're all ready to go to take to the range in a pelican case. As you can see, this one one of the pictures below. Uh, there we go. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. There we go. So there you go. All set and ready to go. Already pre-cut and everything for you guys. You don't have to worry about it. And, uh, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. So this is the uh, the tactical precision um, line. 
Yeah. CEO. Obviously, it does not include. He says it does not include the bipod skill. Try, but I hope people understand that. I hope yeah. you know. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So we it's have some uh, some international clients actually testing these right now to fill a contract. Um, but same thing, guaranteed. Our accuracies destroy everybody else out there as far as our guarantees are concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, they're they're incredible. So this is uh, the 338 Lapua Magnum. Uh, we have it in the tactical variant, which is a fluted stainless 416R stainless barrel. And then we also have the uh, the lightweight variant, uh, which is all carbon fiber. Carbon fiber, man, that could be badass. Yeah. So I'm a big slowly, carbon fiber guy, so, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So we're slowly pulling these down as, like I said, we're right at our transition right now to be launching all the new stuff. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's an exciting time for us right now. She wants to know if it comes in turquoise. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you probably could make that happen, couldn't you guys? Absolutely. No problem. Any <laughs> any laser engraving or Cerakote work, any patterns – you, I mean, literally, the sky's the limit. So, however you want to trick it out the way you want it to make it, you know, your personal, put your personal touches on it, we can make that happen. And you guys do that in house. So, it's not like you're having to wait to send it off and let someone else do that. You're doing all that stuff in house, I'm assuming. Absolutely. That's awesome. That if doesn't folks, happen very yeah. often. If folks want to get a better kind of like feel a lot of our custom work, if you guys, there should be a link at our, on our website for Instagram ton of custom stuff there a lot of the bolt guns you see them you see them in action so if anybody wants if you guys want to check that stuff out like you know give it a look there there's there's a million different options you can do and we can all take care of it in-house yeah they they um they do a lot of they do a lot of stuff over at instagram and uh, yeah they, they do some really cool stuff uh really just amazing work whoever's doing your instagram does a great job i don't know who that is but you need to you say great job because they're awesome. Uh, yeah, told you. Yeah. You all day, it. all day. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the uh, so G23 was so they could do channel logos. It'd be great, like their, their YouTube channel logo on there. Yeah, absolutely. Not yours, G23, but in theory, yes, they could. He's a, he's, he's a 40 Smith and Wesson guy, so I really don't acknowledge him as, as a human odd. being. <laughs> yeah, he's an odd dude. So yeah, I mean, anyone that swears by forty life is just—I I really I can't take him serious. So that's what it is. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah. So gunpowder says I need a turquoise with a gray that says gunpowder beauty. So Tardot, her husband, doesn't try to steal it. Um, I promise you, when you see this rifle in person, it doesn't matter what color it is or what's engraved. He's going to try to steal it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Um, like I said, when I walked into the booth and Casey was like, hey, I got to show you over here. I was just like, oh, now, okay, I'm in my zone. And, 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 and I love all the stuff that was in the booth. You got several companies that are under the Hyperion umbrella. Um, but I get excited when I'm looking at gas guns, bolt actions. I, I love running them. So, uh, and especially when someone's got innovative ideas, uh, I'm going to bring this up. And I know that it, it, it's it's going to be one of those. I just want people to see it. Um, <laughs> I, I just want people to see it. Truly, in my opinion, um, one of the most beautiful guns 
I've ever seen in my life is their 50. Um, now, the one that I saw had a crazy-ass uh, break on there as well. I think that's one you guys designed as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just want people to see this 50 because I don't think they truly understand what beauty looks like until you see that. Now, is 50 the, the, the one that everyone is going to be needing in their lives? Is it the, is it the yeah. most – does it make much sense to have? But if Absolutely. you want to have the best rifle maybe on earth, that's one of them right there, guys. Yeah, so I, the, the biggest – the reason why we developed this was obviously both uh, Christopher here and I had to deal with carrying the, the Barretts around. And yeah. you know, those loaded out with your full loadout as well. It's just not – one, the accuracy is there. What was that, about a 25, 26, 27 pounds or something like that? No, they're, they're more than that. Uh, it all depends on which which version you get, obviously. But we so we just we developed this. This has a 31 inch barrel. Um, I worked with uh, with Monty over at Proof, and um, we designed this barrel about five six years ago. Um, 31 inch blank. We bring it in, do all the chamber work, all the tenon work, muzzle work, and then obviously we make our muzzle brakes uh, in house for these things. Uh, it is the lightest 50 caliber made. They're only 18 pounds. Um, I can, I can, I can attest that it was incredible. I, I had no. You said pick this up, and I was like, okay, how light can it be? Crazy light. Yeah. So this is our generation one, our generation two that we're going to be launching after uh, the our our uh, short action, medium action uh, bolt gun line. We're going to come out with this, but it's actually going to be. Even lighter than that, we're 3D printing the new muzzle brakes out of titanium um, and doing some more uh, advances, you know, innovation in the Generation 2. Uh, we're trying to get it down to around 14 pounds, 15 pounds. Um, really? Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I'll never shoot a 50 cal that weighs that light. These things are so easy to shoot we got instagram videos of, of women behind this thing just cranking um it's super super fun it's a the, the recoil feels like a very slow push shotgun is what it feels like really interesting yeah. and uh and the accuracies you're you're going to be blown away we're shooting three inch kongs or uh at, at a thousand yards to the point where it's boring it's it's so easy so I'm assuming like the carbon, the carbon barrel has a lot to do with taking a lot of that weight off. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people don't understand that a carbon, a carbon fiber barrel is the future. People are like, oh, that, no, carbon. That, most guys that are running like in that long range PRS game that are at the top, they're all running carbon now. It's just kind of like the way of the future, I think. Yeah. Well, and the the best part about it is you're getting rid of all the weight, which is the farthest away from your body. True. So it makes the whole rifle feel completely different, and it's so much easier to maneuver because the heavy parts are close to your body. So it's it's yep. just it's awesome. So, but yeah, that's 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 our elitist um, again quarter MOA guarantee. And again, you know, we always I always say quarter MOA guarantee. All of our guns pinhole before they leave the factory. We just have to save quarter inch MOA because people that buy these guns that don't know how to shoot. We'll try to blame it on the firearm and i'm telling them look it's not the gun i'm telling you it's not so we've had to prove it the hard way a couple times with some people by taking them out there or even shooting it on a live video to them 
so they could see it striking paper. So, so I also want to bring this up. Um, just because, well, it can pinhole, but just because someone says quarter MOA doesn't mean that you're going to be able to get a quarter MOA. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> be honest. So don't call them and say, I was getting a three inch, this, that, and the other. Well, a lot of it comes down to uh, the shooter as well. So um, the rifle is capable of a lot of things. Depends on what you're capable of. And, and I'm not trying to talk down to anybody, but I talk to a lot of people and and they, um, you know, it's it's not the rifle, guys. I hate to break that to you. It's, it's what you can do with that rifle. I'm not sure what's going on, guys, but uh, Angry Ranger out there. Um, so I don't know what happened, but... Uh, Talk to you soon, bro. Uh, hope everything works out okay. I don't know if someone said What's wrong? something or not. Anyways, yeah. All I don't right. know. See you, buddy. Uh, hope you come back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so what it is. Um, you guys are also doing not just the uh, the firearms thing, but you're you're doing a bunch of other stuff as well. Um, do you want to go into like what I'm saying is, is you're not just selling the full together rifles. You're selling parts. You're selling chassis. You're selling triggers. You're selling muzzle brakes and all that. So people can, if they want to try out a muzzle brake, they can go on coreleadops.com and pick up a muzzle brake or, you know, the trigger tech trigger that you are putting in your, your rifles. They can pick that up. You get, Will they be able to pick up like the trigger guard, the trigger stop and all that? Will that yep. be available independently or do you have to buy the rifle? Uh, so we're going to launch it first with our rifles and then we'll obviously have them uh, to buy, you know, as a separate item as well. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the same thing with all of our parts and uh, accessories. And if there's something that you guys, you know, that anybody sees that they're interested in and can't find it on our site, just like I said, you can, you can shoot us an email or give us a call and we'll, uh, We'll take care of you. I'm going to put this out there again. If you can wait till the weekend, um, discount code GT10. It's going to get you guys 10% off. Uh, that's going to be live this weekend. So uh, our buddy John over there, at, uh, well, he's currently uh, our good buddy. I don't know if he's going to be our good buddy for long, but no, he's over at True Shot Gun Club. Uh, great friend of the channel, great friend of personally. Uh, guys, go check out True Shot Gun Club if you have any ammo needs. Uh, they do a great job over there, but uh, John's out there in the chat. Um, yeah, hey, GT10, yeah, yeah, GT10% yeah, yeah, yeah. off. Um, do you guys have – what's that, now? I need some 224 Valkyrie, John. Can you hook it up? What'd you say? Oh, for uh, John out there. Does I the, guarantee yeah, he probably could. Uh, Hit me up offline. Need some Valkyrie. Uh, matter of fact, when we get offline tonight, when we get off live, uh, I'll bring him into the chat. You guys can talk. How about that? Sounds, Sounds good. Like, Sounds like a plan. Yeah, John. Uh, John's a great one. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he's a great dude. Yeah, he was with Faxon. He's been with Faxon. He's with True Shot right now. Um, oh, he said almost impossible. But he said almost he said almost. He likes the word. So uh, if anyone can pull some Valkyrie out of their ass, it's John, you know. <laughs> ah, sweet. So uh, 
Do we have any stuff else that uh, we really want to touch on on the live uh, as far as uh, on the website? I can definitely bring up if there's something that I forgot to bring up. Uh, let me know real quick and we can we can pull that up and let you talk about that real quick. No, I, I mean, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, the biggest thing is just keeping an eye out and we'll we'll be throwing a lot of stuff up on Instagram as far as when we launch all the new product line uh, this year as well. So, um, you know, again, anything you guys need, we're here yeah. for you. Uh, you know, we'll take care of you. I, I pinned the website. It's coreeliteops.com. I pinned it up there. I will have in the description of this and over on the podcast side in the description all the links that you guys are, are needing. Uh, once again, I'll also put in the um, in the description GT10. Gets you 10% off over on the website starting this weekend. And I'll put that over here and um, in the podcast side of things as well. If you guys are listening to the podcast, by the way, uh, thanks for everyone that's watching this live. Um, appreciate you guys. We're, we're an hour and a half into it. We're getting ready to kind of start sweeping the floor and all that. Um, but I appreciate you guys starting asking the questions because this is what I like doing uh, live is, is is able to ask these companies direct questions. And sometimes and these guys I know and you can get a hold of them if you need to. But a lot of companies, you have to jump through hoops to actually talk to someone. Uh, so get these companies on and being able to ask live questions and all that is, is great. So uh, I want to thank them for coming on live. If you're watching this in replay or listening to some podcast form, uh, go visit the website if you need anything. Uh, Chris, Josh, is there a specific email if they do have questions that they can probably utilize, or would you rather them call you or what? Yeah, info, I-N-F-O, at coreeliteops.com. All right, I'll put this in the there you go. Info at coreleadops.com is, a, is a, an email. Uh, I'm sure you can utilize the website to get to that contact. But if, if, if you're too lazy to go to the website, then go ahead and type in info at coreleadops.com um, and all that. I want to give you guys a few minutes to kind of talk about anything else that you want to talk about product-wise. Also, uh, where they can find you, YouTube, Instagram, and all that. I'm going to start putting out the links out in the chat while you're doing that as well. But yeah, go ahead, kind of go ahead and, and um, close up on any thoughts that you guys want to get out there before we, we close up shop here. What you got, Chris? Uh, so anything of our, our newer stuff that there are any toys that we're building now or uh, a lot of the custom stuff, especially if we're going to be at a gun show or what's going on in the world. I, I use Instagram for the majority of our social media. So at core elite ops, you can find all our stuff there and what's going on. You can contact us directly through that channel as well. If you're not an email person, um, we started doing gun shows again. So we got one coming up on Orlando, the, I believe the third weekend of March. So you can look for us out there as well. If you want to play with any of the guns, you know, we'll be out there having a good time. And then please, you know, hit us up. If you get a weird idea and you want to get a little sideways, <laughs> give, give us the opportunity to, to impress you. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's where a lot of it comes down to is you don't know what you don't know. And, and you might be at home thinking about, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could put this on my rifle? And you literally might be the first person ever to think of that. Well, guys, they might have the capabilities to making that a reality. So um, I love that. Yeah, talk to them. And if you've got any ideas, that you want to put your rifle, go for it, you know. 
Yeah. Funny story about, you know, when I, I'd been here for about six weeks and I'm one of those guys, I just don't like the no, the, the no, like what? Don't I say that. Yeah. There's a way you, you're either lazy or you're afraid of breaking some sort of law. You got some ethics, moral stuff. Going on. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Some people just like the word no. But uh, a kid called and he's like having a conversation with his buddy about whether or not they can cut a, a, an optic into a slide. And, you know, we're having a discussion back and forth like, hey, there's not enough metal. If you do too much, you're going to compromise this. And then you got to. And his friend's like, see, look, I told you they can't do it. And I was like, wait a second. I didn't say I couldn't I do it. I didn't say we can't do I it. <laughs> I can take that and put a laser on it and put it on the moon if you write the check. Like, we'll do it. We'll get her done. So, you know, just, just giving you an idea me. that it might not be the greatest idea, but we can do it. Yeah. It's your gun. <laughs> if, you can, if you can write the check, I can do it. By the way, sign this waiver, please. Oh, yeah. 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 So, absolutely. Uh, awesome. Well, Chris, Josh, like I said, thanks for coming on. We're going to get you guys back on the next month or two uh, when the launch happens with some of the new products for sure. Um, I'd actually love to get both of you guys individually or together on the Jarhead podcast, and that's where we talk military stuff. Uh, if you guys are, and we'll talk about that offline. That's a separate uh, podcast that I think actually the whole Iperian uh, family is involved with. Uh, we're going to take, they're going to do some sponsorships and do some ads on that podcast, but it's a military base. It's going to be kind of pretty cool. Anyways, thanks for coming on guys. Uh, now, mandatory carry says I ran out of ethics in 2015. Well, you're late to the party, man. I think we all ran out long before that. Uh, uh, you know, those coasties, man, you just got, you got to worry about them sometimes, but uh no, um, thanks for coming on. And like I said, we'll have you on in a moment too. Are y'all going to be at NRAM this year? Don't know yet. We're still working, okay. figuring that out. So, yeah, we'll let you know. Well, if you're there, I'll be there. Whether or not you have a booth, if you just go up there to hang out, let me know. We're going to have a um, – at our place, we're going to have like a little cookout Saturday night. So, if you're in, if you're there, I'd love to have you guys go over Saturday night and hang out a little bit and do some fellowship and all that jazz. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to be there. So if you guys are there, obviously I'll come. We'll do a, uh, some stuff there with you guys. If, if some people just go there to hang out, and if you're there hanging out, we'll definitely uh, hook up in that as well. But yeah, thanks for guys for coming on so much, guys. If you're out there and you're still alive with this and you made an hour and a half, God bless you. But you're not getting your money back. You're, it's just the way it is. I, I I don't understand why people watch our shit for an hour and a half, and, and they really must be bored. But thank you. If you're watching this in replay or listening to this in podcast, remember the conversation does not have to stop here. Utilize that comment section. Let us know any comments. If you have any questions for myself or for Chris or Josh, leave those comments down there, those questions in the comment, and I'll make sure that they get those questions and uh, I can get them answered for you pretty quickly. Uh, more importantly, go check out CoralieOps.com. You, <laughs> you can find all our social media from there. Uh, or just go to like Instagram and just search Coralite Ops or Coralite Operations, and it'll pop up pretty quickly. Um, you can send them DMs because we, we speak through DMs, so they they actually do like read their DMs and answer questions and, and talk through that. So uh, if you guys are looking for an in, an info for email, info at CoralieOps.com. Remember, starting this weekend, utilize. 10% discount code GT10. 
GT10 will get you guys 10% off. So I want to thank you guys for doing that for the audience. I really appreciate that and uh, and all that. Because, guys, get out there. Be more proficient with your firearms. Make sure you keep in touch of what's going on politically, both federal, state, local. Make sure that no one is uh, pulling the, the wool over your eyes and making sure that you're going down a road that you don't want to go down. Our good buddy Kyle from over Anderson. What's up, Kyle? Uh Jarhead, but he's uh, he does some stuff. He works for Anderson over there and, and does some really cool stuff. Um, yeah, Kyle's out there as well. Simplify, brother. But uh, yeah, make sure that you guys are keeping up with all the the politics, especially. I know that you guys are keeping up with the pistol brace bullshit. I really think you're going to be fine, but we still got a little bit of time. Um, I just so let me just ask you that. Well, we'll talk about this offline. It might not be in public. We'll talk about this offline, <laughs> off air. But uh, yeah. Um, Make sure that everyone's watching that. Make sure you're getting to the range. Make sure you're taking someone new to the range. Show them a, a safe and fun first adventure to the gun range. You never know. They might have been anti-gun. You might be able to turn them into an ally if we show them how we are. We're, we're serious about gun safety. We're serious about having fun. More importantly, we're serious about our rights and freedoms of being American, one of which is to carry and bear arms. So, guys, thank you so much for watching, listening, and all of that. We'll see you soon. Simplify.